Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Before we get started here, I wanted to make a correction. Last week's episode, Friday's episode, in which I talked about Folklords number 1, I incorrectly attributed the publication of that issue to Image Comics when it was, in fact, published by Boom. And I, for one, feel like quite the idiot about it. In fact, I just recorded another one of these here little corrections to put in front of that episode, which has already been out for two days. It's already been out there for two days. Anyone who has listened to it already before I made this little recording and put it out there, it's like they're getting a special episode because it's a you know, I've I've pulled the episode off the shelves and replaced it with a new one with a, with this opening intro thing that's quite similar to this, but yet not quite similar at all. Anyway, I don't want to spend a lot of time here just pointing out the fact that I'm an idiot. So let's get moving with the show, shall we? The following podcast is going to contain spoilers along with me, just a regular guy, talking about all the things I love, such as comics, movies, television, music, and books. So yeah. Proceed at your own risk. to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host, Steven, and today I'm talking about The Mighty Thor, issue number 337. This goes all the way back to November of 1983. This is, of course, from Marvel Comics, and there's a reason why this issue is special. This is the first issue of the legendary run by Walter Simonson. He did both the art and the story, Letters were done by John Workman Jr., colors by George Roussos, the editor was Mark Grunewald, and our editor-in-chief was Big Jim Shooter. So 
We open this issue, quote, far beyond the fields we know. So we're out in space, and the core of a galaxy explodes. It leaves behind a little bit of molten star, and it's out there floating in space, and then something comes and grabs it, some kind of creature, some kind of being carrying these giant tongs, grabs it and slams it onto an anvil to the sound of doom. We go from there to Chicago, Grant Park, Dr. Donald Blake. He's out there hanging out in the old park. This is Thor. I'm really not sure what's going on with Thor nowadays, but back then he had an alter ego, which was Dr. Donald Blake. And he carried around a cane because he had a limp. And it was more of a big stick. It was kind of a, not like a big staff like Gandalf would use, but just, you know, the size of a cane. But it was, it was just a plain stick is what it looked like. And when he would tap it on the ground, lightning would strike him and he would become Thor. Same person, different bodies. Okay, we, do we get that? So he's in the park and he is hit from behind by a Frisbee. And right away he's like, is it an attack? But it wasn't. It was it was a freaking Frisbee. And yet, out of nowhere, these two thugs in fedoras come along and they grab him and they throw him into a car. So you're coming with us, Mac. And they throw him into a car. And Donald Blake's about to go off. He's about to hit his stick, turn into Thor and start ripping some stuff up. But behind the wheel of the car is Nick Fury, head of S.H.I.E.L.D. And he tells Mr. Blake, Mr. Dr. Donald Blake, He says, hey, settle it down, buddy. Uh, I need you. Actually, I need your other self. So go ahead and whack that stick of yours, which he does. And, of course, lightning strikes him, and he turns into Thor. And Nick's like, whoa, didn't realize that was going to happen. But it did, Nicky boy. So he converts the car into flying mode, and they fly up to the helicarrier. Meanwhile, we go to Asgard, and Sif, she's hanging out. And I think she's trying to get on Balder. I think she's trying to get some of Balder because he's hanging out with Volstag and they're just eating food and just being gluttonous. And she tells Balder, Thor has forsaken me for Midgard. My heart, my soul are empty. I need your strength, your understanding, your tenderness. I think she's trying to get her a bit of Balder. I think that's what she's trying to do. Balder, however doesn't look the way I remember him. He's a little chubby. And I don't know what's going on with Balder at this point because it's been a, you know, this came out in 83. That's probably when I last read this was 83, 84, somewhere around there. And Balder's kind of sad. And he makes he makes a comment about being in the realm of Hela and something happened to him. But now he's he's not all about just doing the the Viking type of thing. He wants to just eat and be sad. So Sif goes and finds her brother Heimdall, and she basically tells him, look, you can see everything. I need a battle. I need to get in there and start cracking some skulls. And he tells her that he, he can't help her, that she may want to go talk to Odin. We go back to Thor. Thor has been told that there is a ship, a spaceship out in deep space, that destroyed a star. It flew by a star, the star flared, and it, it, it's destroyed. It, it sucked all the star's energy into itself, and it's heading to Earth. So Thor has been sent by S.H.I.E.L.D. to go and stop this ship. And so he flies with the ship. The ship starts firing on him, and using his hammer, he 
blasts a hole into the side of the ship with his hammer. Bam! Big hole. And suddenly he's in the ship. The hole behind him seals behind him as if the ship is alive. And he finds something there like a big coffin made out of crystal. And there's something inside it. But before he can really think about what that might be, a hand shoots out of it and grabs him in his face. Just his entire face. Just bam. We go from there to Loki. He's bored. He wants to he's he's he wants to get up to some mischief. There's this whole thing going on. He find he sees that there's a bunch of Vikings hunting a troll out there beyond his castle. He goes to check it out. The Vikings are trying to chase down this troll, but then there's this woman there, Lorelei, and she's very good-looking and sexy and voluptuous, and she just walks up to the troll. The troll's trying to hide, and she's like, hey, why don't you come hide with me, big boy? And he's like, ooh, she's so pretty. And then she just grabs him, and she's like, ha-ha, I got you. That's how you fight a troll. That's how you capture them. You don't need sores. Did I say sores? (laughs) You don't need swords. All you need is... Good-looking woman. That's all that's required to capture a troll. I mean, it it felt a little bit almost like something out of a Looney Tunes thing. Like the troll was one was a wolf, and she came in, and she was like, what's up, big boy? And he went, Aruga! And his eyes popped out of his head, and he started going, <laughs> and all that junk. But uh, it was that was kind of silly. So we go back to the ship. The alien that has come out of the crystal coffin, he calls himself Beta Ray Bill. And he and Thor start to fight. They're just having a knockdown, drag down. And Thor is quite amazed because this dude, this alien, this horse-faced alien named Beta Ray Bill is holding his own against Thor. And at one point, Thor drops his hammer and the ship, as it's getting closer to Earth, it, 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 gets, so, it gets close enough to Earth that because Thor is no longer holding his hammer, he suddenly reverts back to Donald Blake. I don't really remember that being a thing, that if he's on Earth or near Earth and he's not holding his hammer for a certain amount of time, I don't know if it was like some weird default magic spell, but it happened. And Beta Ray Bill, so here's this frail human, and Beta Ray Bill is like, I don't know why you changed your form, demon, but it don't matter, bam, and punches him in his face. And then he goes to look for Thor's hammer, but all he finds is the stick. And he's like, ah, it's just a stick. And then he smacks it against a wall. Like, I guess he's trying to break it. He's just like, stupid stick, bam, hits the wall. And then bang, a lightning strikes him. And he turns into an alien Beta Ray Bill version of Thor. And he looks pretty sweet. Well, he starts throwing down with S.H.I.E.L.D. because by this point, the ship has landed on Earth and S.H.I.E.L.D. starts firing upon the ship and Beta Ray Bill comes out and they're like, holy crap, why is Thor attacking us? And one of them's like, I don't know, man. I don't think that's Thor. That don't look like Thor. He's got quite the horse face. And they realize it must be an alien. Well, before they can really do anything, suddenly a storm just explodes all around them. And Odin is there, and he is giant-sized, and he's calling out to Beta Ray Bill. He says, Thor, my son, you are needed on Asgard. And then he just takes them with him, boom, and they're gone. And then Donald Blake comes crawling out of the ship, and he can sense in the air that, that Odin was there, and he realizes what has happened. And so he's standing on the ship in the rain, and he's calling out, Father! 
And that's how it ends. That's how that that first issue of Walt Simonson's run ends. And I am freaking thrilled. This is the Thor that I grew up with. Walt Simonson's run on Thor is the first Thor I read. I don't know if I started with issue one, this first issue, to tell you the truth. Because I feel like it was around 85 that I started reading comics. Because I know, I remember reading Secret Wars when it started coming out. I wasn't buying them. My older brother was. But it could have been earlier. It could have been 84, maybe. Um, this is November of 83, so I suppose it's possible that that's when I started reading books. Comic books, anyway. But this is, yeah, this is the Thor I I grew up on. And I don't know how many issues Walt Simonson did, but it feels like he was on there for a bit. Of course, this is just my nostalgic memory looking back and as a child reading these, but I, I feel like he was on there for quite a bit. I don't know if he was on there for as long as John Byrne was on Fantastic Four. I know that basically what I'm reading at this point are the the Walt Simonson Thor visionary uh, trades, and I know there's at least two of them, whereas with freaking Fantastic Four, John Byrne, that visionary series, there's like six, maybe even eight and I'm reading those too. So I'm really just diving into my childhood loves. Now, I was reading this again, going back and reading this again for the first time in what? See, 83, 93, 2003, 2000, over 30 years, over 40 years. 83, 93, 2003, 2013. I don't know. Over 30 years. Yeah, over 40 years. What an idiot. It's really fun coming back to this because, first of all, I didn't remember that I always, for some reason in my mind, I always thought of Thor and Donald Blake as two completely different people. I knew that Donald Blake turned into Thor and that maybe they, I just thought they were two different people that could remember what the other was doing when they were in possession, right? But the fact that Donald Blake was standing out on this ship yelling for his father, which would be Odin, that just completely tells me that I was completely wrong. That Thor and Thor is Donald Blake. His form has just changed and he doesn't talk like he's a freaking Shakespearean actor when he's Donald Blake, which I've always found kind of silly. Because that's not how Vikings talk, but that's how they made him talk in the book. So they're setting a bunch of things up here and the whole stuff at the beginning with the, the galaxy exploding and something reaching out with tongs to grab this piece of star and start banging something out on, on an anvil. That, I believe, well, I, I know it's Surtur, and I don't know, I can't remember the name of the sword. I feel like they mentioned it in one of the Thor movies. No, they mentioned it in, um, I think I'm an issue of Avengers I read recently. I can't remember the name of the sword, but I think that's what Surtur, Surtur is creating his fiery sword, which he will use to destroy Ag- Asgard and bring back, you know, bring about Ragnarok. That's, I, if I remember correctly, that's what that is setting up. And we just get a little bit of it in each issue until it happens. So that's not like the, main, the first story arc we're going to get. The first story arc has to do with Beta Ray Bill. And if my memory strikes me as correctly, Beta Ray Bill, obviously he's a good guy. That, I do know that. He's an alien who is trying to find a home for his people. He's their greatest warrior. I think maybe he is even genetically designed as their greatest warrior. And turns out that he is worthy enough 
to wield the hammer of Thor. And eventually, Odin gives him his own hammer. And he becomes basically the a version of Thor, but he still calls himself Beta Ray Bill. The thing with Lorelei and Loki, I don't know. I can't remember what's going on there. But I know that there's some stuff coming up with uh, the whole Dark Elf Malachi. I can't remember his name. He was in Thor Dark World and the whole Casket of Eternal Winters. Because I'm, I remember reading last year Wolverine, Kitty Pride and Wolverine. And there's, a, there's an issue in there where it's snowing in Japan and they make reference to what's going on in... Uh, Thor. I'm pretty sure that's the case. And I think they do it in an issue of of West Coast Avengers that I read recently as well, which I've always loved about Marvel Comics back in the day, that you could have something going on in the Thor book. And obviously, if if there's some spell that causes it to become winter all around the world, that should happen in the other books, right? You should have Spider-Man swinging around in the snow in the middle of July going, what's going on with this crazy weather? I don't know if they do a lot of that nowadays. I feel like everything is more compartmentalized and and everything is in its own little world and there's not a lot of communication and whatnot going around and and hearkening back to different titles. You know, if if a giant is attacking the city in Fantastic Four, I don't know that they're talking about it in Spider-Man and I think they should. But I'm really excited to be starting this run. There are a few various, there are a few runs from my childhood that I remember loving. This is one of them. John Burns, Fantastic Four is one. Chris Claremont and uh, John Romita Jr. on X-Men. That era I remember really loving. I didn't grow up reading John Byrne and Chris Claremont on X-Men. I didn't really discover who John Byrne was until he... Actually, I remember reading his Fantastic Four, but I don't really remember discovering who he was, really recognizing the name until he got on Alpha Flight. And I'm enjoying that too. I'm reading all that stuff right now. Alpha Flight, Fantastic Four, this this stuff with Thor. I'm reading the Frank Miller Daredevil stuff. And I, I hope to to continue to talk about that kind of stuff here on the show because I want to be able to get a new book every now and then and be and, and have you know talk about new books. But I read a lot of old books, folks, because I'm an old dude who doesn't have a lot of money. And so I'm dependent upon Comixology Unlimited and my Hoopla account, which means a lot of old books. I was probably reading comics steadily between I guess it would be around 83 to sometime in the mid 90s. So there's a lot of books. You know, there's at least a decade or so of books for me to really get back and get into. And I cannot wait to do it. So at some point soon, I'll be talking about issue 338 of Thor. Might wait a couple weeks to do that. So, you know, if you got the issues, if 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 you've got the trades, sit down and start reading them. Read, read them along with me. I don't know when I'll talk about issue 338, but it's going to be coming up because I've got basically a rotation of... 50 or so books in my comicsology queue and I'm reading everything one issue at a time. I'm not I'm trying not to read entire storylines at once. I'm trying to read everything one issue at a time in a in you know in, in a rotation. There're going to be certain things that I'm going to read as a storyline. I've got I I'm not going to get all in, I'm not getting into all that. That's too much information right now. All I need to be doing with this episode at this point is tell you that Thor 
337, Walt Simonson. It's just gorgeous art, beautiful art. Very much, he almost takes the Marvel house style and just twists it. It's almost like a more hyperkinetic version of the Marvel house style. And it's probably probably one of the first artists that I remember reading back then thinking, this is not like everything else. It's very similar. It's kind of it's kind of close, but it's not quite like everything else. And I love it because of that. Beautiful artwork. So far it's a great story and I remember it love I remember loving it so much when I was a kid. And this issue when I read it, you know, a lot of times you read these old issues from the 80s or even the 90s or the 70s and you're just like, wow, that was really hokey. That issue does not hold up. And so far this issue held up. It's still a fun, a fun, great read. And at no point did I feel anything was hokey, except for maybe that part with Lorelai and the troll. And she's like, hey, big boy. Hey, you big hairy thing with a tail. Why don't you come up and see me sometime? Ooh, a girl. That was kind of hokey. But otherwise, so far, it's great. And that's all I got to say about that. So until next time, until I talk to you again, Who knows what I'm going to be talking about then. But until then, I'm Steven. And I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other. Just Another Fanboy is a presentation of the Steven or Else podcast. Questions and comments can be directed to feedback at stevenorelse.com. You can support the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash stevenrr and get instant access to the My Other Podcast podcast, a weekly show about whatever crawls its way into my tiny little mind just moments before I tap record. You can find me on the World Wide Web at stevenorelse.com or find me on Twitter and Instagram by searching for at stevenorelse. I also encourage you to subscribe to the show, leave us a five-star review, and share this episode with a friend. Just Another Fanboy is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can find that over at comicspodcasts.com. All links will be in the show notes. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.